What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tomatolito Boxing Show. And uh, Surdo Ramirez has suffered the first loss of his career, and it was basically a one-sided affair. Let's talk about Surdo and Bebo uh, and, and the card, the amazing card that was. What an amazing event that they put out in Abu Dhabi. An early card at that, which is uh, early Saturday morning. And, um, man, it was... The expectation for it, I didn't even put a, re, a, a preview episode on this because I didn't have time, to be honest with you. I didn't have time to get around to it, but I definitely want to do a recap episode because not just the magnitude of this event, but it's a meaningful event. Gilberto Ramirez, Surdo Ramirez, suffers the first loss of his career. He is now 44-1. and one. With 30 knockouts. And if you look at this fight, the way that I analyze this fight, yes, we're, we got Dimitri Bivol, right? We got Dimitri Bivol who's coming off of that victory over Canelo Alvarez, that shocking victory to a lot of the boxing world. Who is this guy? Where did he come from? Was it a fluke? Was it a robbery? Was it? No, it was a really solid performance that Dimitri Bivol put on in May against Canelo Alvarez. Beat a very good top-level Canelo Alvarez, who has basically reached his ceiling in, in this stage of his career. And Dimitri Bivol figured out Canelo Alvarez, took the fight to him, did not run, took the fight to him, and defeated him. He beats Canelo Alvarez by unanimous decision, and he beats Gilberto Ramirez now by unanimous decision. The expectation, the anticipation, if Surdo could have pulled out this victory, then we would have seen a big showdown uh, between Canelo and Surdo Ramirez, one that Surdo's been calling for for years and years. Um, that's put to rest now. Saul Alvarez uh, being out after the fight with Bivol with, uh, with the surgery that he's been long delaying, that's out of the question now. So now, yes, does Dimitri Bivol take the rematch with Canelo Alvarez or does he continue to shoot forward towards um, unifying that division and chasing after Arthur, Ar Arthur Betterbief? Betterbief, of course, is going to be fighting Yarde, Anthony Yarde uh, in January, I believe, is when their fight's going to happen. And he's the, the rightful owner of the three titles. Bivol has the one WBO uh, title. Sorry, the WBA uh, title at 175, and uh, and he retains it, and he retains it in fairly easy fashion. Does that mean that Surdo Ramirez doesn't have pop? Not at all. Surdo Ramirez has power. Surdo Ramirez let Bivol feel his power. The the interesting thing that I got that I gathered from this now that I got to see him. Yes, I saw Bivol against Joe Smith. I've seen Bivol in the past. But the interesting thing that I got that I gathered from him, even against Craig Richards. Uh, I remember that fight, and and I've always learned a little something about Bivo, but until he beat Canelo, this is something that I wanted to see if he was going to do again, and it's something that I caught on from the last fight, and he sure as hell did it again. He refuses to give up real estate. He refuses to give up any ground, and if you look at the fight, he would continuously set his foot, and once he anchored his lead foot, he was not moving. His hips were moving, his head was moving, his shoulders were moving, and he's evading punches and evading the attack. And he manages, he manages to find an opening while weathering the storm. That's the beauty of his boxing. 
That's the beauty of what he's able to pull. That's what he did with Canelo. And sure enough, he did it again. And I, w I was curious to see if this is what I was going to see or if it was just a one-time thing that he did against Canelo because of the fighter that he was facing and the style that Canelo posed. Nope. Surdo Ramirez, to me, is always stronger when he goes forward, when he's walking his opponent's back. He tends to get even stronger as his opponent's on the back foot and unleashes his power with full strength. He tried and he would find himself off balance because Dimitri Bivol refused to give up any ground. He wouldn't walk back. He would stand his ground and evade the punches from, from the pocket. And he wasn't, it's not like he's willing to weather the storm. He's welcoming the onslaught. And that's where he finds his openings amidst the storm, amidst the onslaught. And he catches his opponents while they're throwing and on the reset. And every time the Surdo was bringing his arms back after he lunged three, four punches to the body or to the head, Dimitri Bivol was already delivering punches of his own. And it wasn't one or two. It wasn't the traditional one, two punch. It was one, two, three, four, five, six punches in succession while he angles out and gets out of the way. Very, very solid performance by Dimitri Bivol. And if this performance doesn't raise the level of anticipation for a fight between him and Arthur Betterbiev, I don't know what will. This is as high level as it gets. And even Dimitri Bivol mentioned it uh, in, in one of the interviews that the money is great, but he's not chasing the money in the rematch against Canelo. He wants to chase legacy and he wants to go after the fight with Arthur Better BF. So that's going to be really, really interesting to see. Let's hope it happens, right? We just had a fight fall through between Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, which is one, one fight that we've been awaiting. Uh, the Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury fight fell through. Now we're going to get Chisora and Fury for a third time, whatever you make of that. Maybe we get Joshua and Wilder, but that's not a big fight. Uh, I mean, come on. Tyson Fury and Usyk's not happening. Crawford and Spence is not happening. Come on. Let's get Bevo and Better BF. That's the next best, biggest fight that we can make right now. So let's see what Better BF happens with Better BF and Anthony Yard. If that fight does go through, it looks like it will be going through here early at the beginning, uh, at the turn of the calendar of 2023. Impressive, impressive performance by Dimitri Bivol. I like how he's able to create offense and generate his offense while engaged in full defense. And... And that's a style that is going to be tough for anybody to contend with because they're never going to be comfortable. We went from Surdo measuring Bivol to calculating his attack to becoming hesitant to being gun shy towards the final stretch. He didn't know when to throw. He didn't know what to throw. He didn't know how to throw, how to approach Bevo because Bevo had an answer for him at all times. The other thing is the facial expressions, very monotone, very robotic in Dimitri Bevo where he doesn't show much expression. He doesn't display much frustration. He just stays very concentrated, very calculated. And, uh, and he's very accurate, very efficient and accurate with his punches is another thing that I like about Dimitri Bivol. It's very impressive. And for those haters of Dimitri, because he beat Canelo in May and those saying that it was a fluke, that it was, whatever it is, if this fight doesn't change your tune, then 
go watch something else. Because the Mitri Bivol, the, the things that I wanted to see and that I was really interested in seeing, he displayed once again and he did it amazingly. It was very fascinating to see that this is his style and I, I thought it was a one-time thing and he was going to change his style because I didn't really pay attention to it in previous fights that I mentioned against Joe Smith and so forth. Now it makes sense. After paying attention to this, I went back and revisited some of those old fights and now I'm starting to see the trend where these fighters are actually lunging forward, looking for the fight, hunting after Beeble and that's where he's the most successful when they're coming at him. He welcomes it. He's not a fighter that weathers the storm, but rather welcomes the onslaught to find and generate his openings. And that's crazy to me because Yes, he puts himself at risk to get injured and damaged. So that's what I'm saying. Does Sudo not hit hard? Of course he does. And and you saw that he was starting to uh, to inflict some damage on Bevo, but Bevo welcomes it. He never he never swayed. He never showed any any signs of weakness and continued to stick to his game plan. And he affects it masterfully. Congratulations to Dimitri Bevo. Let's hope that that fight against. Uh, Better be if happens, and he remains unblemished, 21-0 with 11 knockouts, and now sits and waits for what Arthur Better BF will do with Anthony Yarde, or uh, if it's going to be Saul Canelo Alvarez, his next opponent in a rematch fight for 175. So that was really impressive. The other fights that, that took place uh, on the card, we have, um, of course, the women's fight, Chantel Cameron, who now becomes undisputed at 140 pounds. Remember, she had a, she ended up getting the WBA, WBO, those organizations who jumped in and threw their belts in and into the mix. WBC, IBF, and ring lineal championship around Chantel Cameron's uh, waist as she stepped into the ring. And the WBA, WBO jumped in and they're like, hey, we want to make this a full-on unification, undisputed type title fight. Jessica McCaskill, the undisputed champ at welterweight, coming down, and it made this fight even more of a notable uh, high-stakes type fight. And we had a, a traditional fight of boxer versus slugger, and the boxer won. Jessica McCaskill, very um, very uneasy on her feet, uh, not very balanced, throwing wide shots, looping shots, leaving the center open, leaving her face exposed for most of the time. She was just interested in landing that power punch, which she found success throughout the fight, but it was not enough to stop a game Chantel Cameron, who affected her boxing uh, and, and affected her game plan behind her left jab. And that left jab continued to land perfectly uh, because the center was always open. McCaskill continued to throw looping and wide punches, and the center was fully exposed, Chantel Cameron focused, sending her punches down range, uh, down center range, and her left jab landed over and over and over and over throughout the night. Boxer versus slugger fight. Chantel Cameron wins and is the undisputed champ at 140 pounds. The other fight that, that was of note was Shafka against Selfa Barrett. And what a journey it's been for Rakimov because we could look back at going back to 2019 when he beat Asinga Fuzile. If you remember that fight, had some 
controversy because it was very evident that in the corner they gave him some type of smelling salts or something rough where you saw the uh, the effects of Shavkat, uh, his expression, that he didn't like what they were putting under his nostrils. And uh, and he came back and then knocked out a single fusile. And that was the title eliminator for this very same title that he is now the, the, the owner of. He got the he he got the knockout win over a single fusile and was in line to face Tevin Farmer. A few months later, Farmer ends up losing the title to Jojo Diaz. Then the Jojo Diaz Shavkat fight happens, and Rakimov and Jojo Diaz fight to a disputed, controversial draw. The title was in line for Rakimov to win because Jojo Diaz lost the title on the scale. And that was the very last fight that we saw Jojo Diaz at 130 pounds. In his very next outing, we saw him against Javier Fortuna in his debut at lightweight at 135. Rakimov was headed after that, coming short, not being able to uh, to gain the title there on that title shot. Uh, several months happened. There was an injury that happened where he withdrew because his shot was coming against Kenichi Ogawa for the vacant title at that time now that Jojo had moved on. Lost it on the scale and moved on. So Shafkat was back on the running for that title. Ends up falling out due to injury prior to in the lead up to, to his fight against Kenichi Ogawa. Enter a single fusile to replace Rakimov. And Ogawa stops, uh, basically beats a single fusile and, uh, in, in a great performance for him and becomes the rightful owner of that long vacant IBF title. Ogawa on his very next outing, tries to defend that title and retain the title and gets knocked out viciously by Joe Cordina. The British fighter who was long, who has had long issues with injuries with his right hand, that very same hand that knocked out Kenichi Ogawa. Now we were going to have Rakimov have a shot at Joe Cordina for that very same title that he's been in the running for and chasing for for several years now. And Joe Cordina gets injured, falls out, the title becomes up up for play, up for grabs, and now we have Rakimov and Selfa Barrett fight for this interim version title, and the fight was amazing. It was a back-and-forth battle. Rakimov is always going to be fighting forward, hunting his opponents down, landing short punches, but powerful punches at that, and... And it's impressive to see how Rakimov uh, hunts his opponents down, so much so that it's a detriment because Selfa Barrett managed to catch him with an uppercut and drop him. Flash knocked down, but dropped him. And you saw Rakimov shaken. And I think it was a fifth round where he ends up getting dropped. And, uh, and, but he recovered. He recovered, went after Selfa Barrett. Selfa Barrett complained numerous times throughout the fight that he was getting hit low. Um, and Rakimov complained that he actually it was Rakimov complaining that Selfa Barrett was hitting him low uh, numerous times throughout the fight. Uh, the referee didn't do much about it. The fight continued. Rakimov continues to go after his opponents. And that onslaught, that pressure, that constant overwhelming um, pressure that he puts on his opponents eventually was too much for Selfa Barrett to to withstand and he began to cave in you even saw Selfa Barrett's right leg I believe giving him problems and um, and eventually he ends up getting dropped and stopped Rakimov 
has that IBF title that he's been chasing for since 2019 around his waist now. And he's the IBF World Super Featherweight Champion. We'll see what happens with Joe Cordina when he comes back. And then we'll see that fight, which has all the makings to be an amazing, amazing, amazing fight. Joe Cordina against Rockamoff, because those are two stand and bang Rock'em Sock'em type fighters with power. They both possess a lot of power and it would be, it's a fight that I, I'll, I'll be, I'll be right there willing to watch and waiting for it to happen and unfold when, if and when it does come to fruition. Um, so that's it. That's what happened. Surdo Ramirez gets the first blemish of his career. We could put aside all the arguments of Surdo and Canelo happening now because most likely that, that just lost his luster. So Dimitri Bivo on top of the world with two back-to-back victories over really, really, really good fighters, really notable names. One in Canelo Alvarez, who was arguably, um, the king of boxing right now, at least by Gates, uh, and Surdo Ramirez, who was the next in line to challenge, he was supposed to be the one to solve the puzzle of Dimitri Bivo and beat him and get into a big showdown with Canelo Alvarez and all these plans. Well, everything's been derailed now. Dimitri Bivo, consistent as ever, and uh, and shows that he is as high level as it comes right now. So, I leave you guys with that amazing card from Abu Dhabi, amazing weekend, and uh, and I will talk to you all soon. Stay tuned, uh, and uh, in a few days' time, we have Janibek coming up, uh, and uh, and he's going to be defending now that he's a full champ uh, of, uh, at 160 pounds, and then Senias Estrada on that undercard, where she is now going to be making her top-ranked debut now that she had a falling out with Golden Boy, and Senias Estrada is going to be making her debut for top rank. She'll be on that card as well, and I think that's a, that's a Las Vegas card. So, I leave you guys with that. Thank you guys for the continued support, for the continued love, the downloads. Continue to comment, continue to follow me on Instagram, engage with me on Twitter, and uh, and I'll be talking to you all soon. Take care of yourselves. Salud. Good night.